All right, just for you guys as cognizant as folks flow in here, they actually get a message as a participant saying that this is being recorded. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of neat. And as they uh, put their names over in the chats and um, that all gets recorded as well, uh, we do get a copy of all that. So participants are starting to. Then people can watch that on Facebook or where where can they get, get that video? Yeah, so, the, so the video recording is going to get hung on the Soul Refiner Facebook site. Um, we are not live streaming this on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, that is a capability, but it's not something that we that we choose to do at, at this point in time. But uh, man, we're this is wonderful to see all the folks coming in here. Seventy one already. Yeah, it looks like sixty eight folks are already. Yeah, seventy one now. I see. So thank you. Climbing. Fantastic, Ben. Welcome, man. It is so good to see you. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me. Good to see you guys. Excellent. And Scott, your old hat at this. So Scott, remind everybody, uh, from where are you calling today? So I'm, I'm in uh, on the Kitsap Peninsula, probably about uh, 20 miles from Seattle as the crow flies. So you take a ferry and drive 11 miles from an island, and then you're on, on Kitsap Peninsula. Yeah, so for, for folks who didn't catch all that, he said the way the crow flies. And uh, uh, from Seattle, that's a long car ride south or north, you know, up and around uh, all the water there. Um, or the ferry. So probably what, hour, 15 minutes, hour and a half to get that 20 miles? Yeah, it's, it's 35 minute ferry ride. And then the roads are kind of curvy as you go across Bainbridge Island. And then there's a bridge. There's lots of bridges around here. So wonderful. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm sure the weather's a little bit different than it is down here in, uh, in Southeast Florida. Ben, where did we find you today? Uh, well, I'm, I'm across from you in Southwest Florida, uh, Venice, Florida. It's where I'm at. And yes, the weather is beautiful. I'm looking at, you know, uh, 80 degrees and, and sunny. So. All right. Fantastic, man. Well, man, happy Springs Eve, everybody. And, and I say that because I, I, who could have thought that already, We'd be uh, eight weeks, nine weeks into 2022. We're knocking on spring's door. Um, it, it's unbelievable. Kids are going to be out of school here pretty soon uh, in a few months, and it's going to be summertime. And ne next thing you know, it's going to be lather, rinse, repeat, and we'll be doing the holidays again. So um, I want to do something new today for the chat. Normally, we do some kind of icebreaker, some kind of, hey, how you feeling today? What are your thoughts? But what I really want to do today is, is to think really about some of our New Year's resolutions, you know, where did God get in the middle of some of those? How are they going for you? Have you seen some great victories? Hey, you know, maybe some people are here that are just uh, having that feeling that they're constantly spinning their wheels. You know, but wherever you are, this is a safe place to drop it, safe place to just say, hey, here's where I am today. Uh, drop that in the chat. Um, that'll help generate some prayer requests on this end. It'll also see if maybe there's somebody that needs uh, uh, one of the folks here at Soul Refiner to reach out to them. Um, but just super exciting uh, to see the way that men are able to, to grab that chat, to let us know, to ask us questions. Um, but I'm just really interested to see where people are. So, well, Scott, you know, as the resident uh, retired military chaplain, uh, it becomes commonplace to come to you just for an opening prayer. And um, so if you don't mind. No, I'd love, I'd love it. I'd love it. Um, Lord, Lord, we come to you and we thank you for the gift of going second. Lord, you lead the way into victory. Help us to follow you uh, and lead others in that same path. Lord, give us a, a, a contagious courage 
Lord, that uh, a courage that when, when brave men uh, take a stand, that their spines stiffen and we can follow you. Now, Lord, pull back the curtain of any kind of shame or regret that's out there and reveal forgiveness and love um, and know that we're not alone in this fight. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you so much, Chaplain. Hey, guys, I want to remind everybody, if you haven't figured it out yet, if you look at the bottom of your Zoom interface, you'll see a little icon down there. It looks like a message box. It says chat underneath it. If you click that, you'll get a little sidecar box pull up on your on your user interface, and you'll be able to chat with either everybody, or you can also send directed messages to the hosts and the panelists. Um, so please feel free. Uh, ask questions in that venue. You can also use the Q&A functionality. That's two icons over to the left uh, on your little bottom sidecar down there. Uh, please, if we don't get to one of your questions, though, don't worry. After the, after the webinar, there's going to be a survey put out. It's a little quick four-question survey. Uh, one of those questions is, do you have any other questions that we didn't get to today? So, Scott, will you remind everybody about how often we do this? Sure. So um, the second Tuesday, oh, second Tuesday, second Friday of every month. Um, and it's at it's one o'clock, 1300 for those military folks. Um, and people can try to fight alone. But if, if you, you do, there's not there's not going to be any victory there. And the spouses meet in the sanctuary. So we're a team iron sharpens iron with your spouse. And they're at 1000, right? Yep. So 10 o'clock for them. And I don't know, I looked at a, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken, wrote it down somewhere, but I know that's a verse out of the Bible and we need each other to fight together. So rallying around each other, uh, one o'clock on the second Friday and then uh, 10 o'clock for the sanctuary for the gals, for our spouses on, on Friday also. Folks, I, I want to call attention real quick uh, to, to Scott. He doesn't like it when I do this, but uh, he, he kind of, He'll fake a little bit of confusion about some Bible verses periodically. I'm pretty sure he has a lot of book learning and theology uh, as a military chaplain. And now, oh, by the way, he's in the counseling realm. So he's got quite a bit of learning in that, that environment as well. So don't let him kind of poor mouth you about you know, his, uh, his authority on some of these matters. He really knows what he's talking about. But more impressively, he's able to take Pacific time where he lives and translate all over to Eastern time. So, man, I thank you so much for your math skills. I thank you for, you know, your, your uh, theological input. Uh, just a fantastic guy to have on, on the panel. So thank you, Scott. So, well, guys, I, I want to get right to it. There's a lot of ground to cover here this week. This is one of my favorite topics in recovery. Uh, it's one of our most requested topics for Mission Brief. Um, and it is an alligator really close to all of our boats, meaning that it, we are one bad decision away from relapse. Now listen, I'm not talking just about big R relapse, and that's being unfaithful again, emotionally, it's being unfaithful physically, it's going back to porn. Um, that's, that's big R relapse in my world. I'm talking about little R relapse. When you're doing things that you, that you feel like you can't even talk to your spouse about, you can't even talk to your wife about it. Uh, we'll talk a lot about double bind this week. We're going to talk about all different kinds of topics, but relapse is something that I believe we have to address. Um, we are capable of just about anything, and that's really indicated by what we've already done. Uh, I don't know what landed you here today, men. I don't know where you've been, what you've done, with whom, how many times. And to be honest, um, I, the stories are all so similar 
that the unique points are almost muted out sometimes. Um, we are all susceptible to some level of relapse and we have to get out in front of it. And so talking about it, I think is paramount. So you know, how do we pay homage to the past without letting it dominate us um, and, and thinking about all of our past sin and does that define us? That's one of the questions we're gonna talk about. How do we daily combat those little things that get us to big relapse? Um, we're gonna cover all that today and some of your questions. Uh, we'll pack this first you know, 20 or so minutes from right now uh, with some content right here with Ben and, and Scott. And then about the bottom of the hour, we'll start opening up for some questions. But I just, I can't wait to cover all that today, but I just wanna introduce our guest speaker, it's Ben. Uh, this is Ben Renner, y'all. Um, he and his, I mean, inordinately, and I say that because he's got no business uh, with his beautiful wife, uh, not just because of what he's done, but just because of the gradient, you know, and just what an incredible person she is. And, and I, I do that in love, Ben. I hope you know that. Um, but they had dinner with me and, and, and my wife a while back, and it was just incredible and wound up being a little bit of church in the meantime. Uh, we, we just basically lost a few hours there just talking about what Christ has done in all four of our lives. And so I'm super excited about this. Uh, ben, over to you, man. It's great to have you here, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Lamar. Um, Scott, thanks for being here, too. It's nice uh, getting to know you better. Um, yeah, it, listen, Lamar, I, I outpunted my coverage by far with Rachel. So, um, you know, thank you for that. It's uh, every day I wake up and see her, I'm, I'm reminded of that. So, um, you know, the older I get, the better she looks. And it's, um, you know, she her beauty is, is uh, unmatched. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. Like I said, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm so thankful to be here. Um, my journey has been probably similar to a lot um, on on this on this um, webinar as to you know broken childhood, um, you know uh, broken home, divorce, uh, multiple divorces, you know drug addiction, uh, alcoholism, homelessness, abuse, um, you know early or early early. Uh, exposure to pornography, seven, eight, nine years old, um, you know, and, you know, when you're talking about somebody that um, has a, a broken childhood and, and is around abuse and, and everything else uh, with family members, it's, it's very easy to internalize everything. And for an addict, that's the worst thing that you can possibly do, right? Um, so, you know, um, internalizing an addiction was a big part of my story early on, um, you know, everything was a secret. And, um, you know, so it, that led into dating, led into marriage, led, uh, led to infidelity, you know, led to, um, you know, an eventual separation, uh, me leaving the house, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, in all the while that just denial that there was any sort of problem at all. So, um, you know, it's been, a, a blessing to be on this journey, to be able to share my struggles with, you know, men that have come through Conquer Series with me, um, you know, accountability uh, partners that, that you know, have, have really just dug into my past and my struggles, um, you know, so it's, you know, it's just, um, it's humbling to say the least. Man, thanks for sharing that, brother. Um... And I really appreciate you setting the table for us here. So let, let's get right to it, man. Walk us through a little bit of your relapse story and how you found yourself doing things and going places that you never intended to go. Um. Yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, you know, 
it's, and to set the table, I, I would say that I didn't really know that I was relapsing until I knew that I had a problem. Right. So, um, you know, early on, it, you know, and I, I always just thought, you know, next stage of life, I'll kick it next stage of life. You know, uh, I get into high school, I'll kick this. Nobody in high school does that. I get into, you know, college, I'll, I'll kick it, you know, and get, get married and start a, start a family. I'll, I'll be able to kick it. Um, you know, no, that's, you know, a, a huge lie from the enemy enemy. This, this, this bondage, this chain is, is unbreakable, uh, alone. You can't go at it alone. We, we know that. So, um, it was a lot of, you know, um, you know, the pornography, the masturbation, the relapse there, you know, um, and then telling myself, I'll never do it again. It'll be fine. And then getting into marriage, you know, the first infidelity in my marriage, um, you know, the shame that set in, you know, drove me to the point of complete mental exhaustion and, and telling myself I can and will never do this again, but, I can not tell anyone about this, including my wife, especially my wife. And so, um, you know, it was just binge purge, you know, it was constant binge purge, binge purge. And, and it got to the point where it was um, very little time in between um, binge, you know, binge cycles. So, you know, that, that, that denial was set in so deep um, and, and to the point where um you know, I, I had so many secrets within me that I, I just, you know, you, you will eventually break. And that's, that's, you know, where I eventually got to. All right, man. And lots more to follow on your relapse piece, you know, as it, as it went through coming back on the other side of that. But what do you think were some of the uh, soul refiner, I guess, uh, procedures and techniques and, and tools that you know about now that would have helped you with relapse uh, before you went down that road again, uh, be it through Conquer. I'm pretty sure you've been through Warpath. I know you guys have done uh, Stronger Together as well. So what are some of the things that, that you think would have helped you that we could kind of point guys to to avoid a, a relapse they may be on the way to right now? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking that as well. You know, Lamar, it's a uh, um, a huge piece for me as I've gotten into Conquer series has been a faster scale, you know, just really digging into, um, you know, okay, where am I at right now? Um, you know, because if you're, if you're starting to really get down the path into, um, you know, anxiety and, and, you know, speeding up and all that stuff and, and, you know, you can't, you can't, you don't have the, the mental capacity to stop yourself. Um, you know, even if it's a matter of, you know, um, just looking at the wrong thing, walking down the street, you know, so the faster scale has been so big for me and, and, you know, and then, and then doing this, the sword drill, you know, really burying that scripture into your heart and meditating on it um, has been huge. I, I can't, you know, recommend those two things enough, you know, and, and had I known these things, you know, I got, I have guys, you know, coming through my, my groups that are younger, you know, some not married and, you know, the, I, I love just pouring into these guys and just saying, you know, guys, you know, I see so much progress and promise in what you're doing right now and coming through this pr prior to marriage and recognizing you have a problem, you know, and, and, and these guys are digging into it, you know, they're, they're journaling, they're, you know, they're doing the faster scale and they're when, you know, one of them's on the verge of a relapse, they're coming to me and, and, you know, asking 
for, you know, for prayer and, and, you know, not allowing it to get to that point. So it's, it's so important to, to really dig into those tools that, that soul refiner provides, um, you know, specifically when you're talking about recovery from, from, you know, the, the sexual addiction. Absolutely, man. I just want to clarify real quick, the faster scale um, if you look on the Soul Refiner website, and depending on which class you're taking, it, it's, I know it's on both Conquer and Warpath. Uh, over to the right, you'll see some tools that you're able to use, and one of them is a faster scale, and that's capital F-A-S-T-E-R. Essentially, it, it really helps guys with some of the feeling words and some of the ways that they may be uh, ha having some emotions they might not be able to recognize, and it helps you really dig in and find out where you are. Uh, F um, is is really kind of the good end of that scale. There's even a there's even a piece beyond the F on the good side of restoration, okay. And then from F over to R, they're all it's it's a big acronym, okay. And it kind of helps you gauge where you are. And after R becomes it, the R does stand for relapse, okay. And right before the R, the E is exhausted, the T is ticked off, the S is speeding up. There's anxious for the A, all right. And then the, the F slips a mind offhand, but that is a way for you to really gauge where you are in that time. Now, underneath all those big words, the F, the A, the S, the T, the E, the R, there are smaller subcategories where you can also register some of your feelings on that. You have the capability to, to track that over time. Uh, I've got some guys I work with that, that hang that on a big graph that they can see their progress as they go through recovery. That's quite a powerful tool. So. Um, that's what the faster scale means. Uh, I've seen a little bit of chatter on some of the chats and uh, about you know, just some of the questions on that. Also, the sword drill is really just all about the old school Southern Baptist sword drill that I grew up with back in the 70s and 80s about memorizing scripture. So um, yeah, the sword drill was right next to my, my uh, two by four that I used to hit myself in the head with each week as I went to <laughs> services uh, three times. So uh, thanks for clarifying that, brother. I'm going to ask you a really hard question now. Ben. And um, guys, I want you to reflect in your own situation. Um, this is kind of the hard part here. How did all this, I'm talking about relapse, how did it affect Rachel as she went through the ringer again? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that is the hard part. You're right. Um, and it's, it's something, you know, I, this trauma that, that, you know, the, the spouse significant other goes through is, is, you know, obviously very, it, it's, it causes severe PTSD. Let me just be, make everyone very aware of that and, and reiterate that. But, um, you know, as I went through relapse after relapse and, and just having to, you know, talk to Rachel, you know, and, and let me also say that every disclosure I gave her was prior to, you know, um, coming to terms with my issue was a staggered disclosure. So, um, a staggered disclosure when you, you know, come in after a staggered disclosure and you, you know, divulge more information, it, it's, it's like to your spouse, it just happened. You know, it literally just, she's just gone back to that moment. It's just happened again. So it, it completely opens the wound back up. Um, so, you know, um, mentally it, it has just, it just destroyed my wife. You know, she, she, of course, um, every single time said, you know, okay, Ben, we're going to dig into this. 
um, figure out what happened, why it happened. But, uh, you know, divorce is not an option, which I'm so thankful for. You know, I, I, um, I had even gotten to the point where I wanted her to push me away. Um, you know, I was so, I was so, uh, depressed and so deep in the struggle and deep in the bondage. I wanted her to push me away and she wouldn't do it. But, um, you know, I attribute that all to God, hundred uh, percent, but the, the, um, the truth of the matter is, is, is the, you know, the staggered disclosures and are awful, but the relapse, you know, every single time, just, it just destroys them. It destroys self-confidence, mental, uh, exhaustion, you know, it, it completely destroys them. So it's, it's so important to, um, to really get in tune with a, a, a relapse prevention plan, a safety plan, accountability, all that stuff. Um, it, it has to be in place and it's not just, and you know, one conquer series and then you're done. It's not just one session of Warpath and then you're done. This is a this is a battle that all of us are going to go through for a lifetime, you know. Amen, man. And community really means two different things. Um, and and one is a place for us to come and share things that we've been through in the hopes it can help somebody else. And the other part is kind of what I like to call the profit sharing of community. And that's what we're going to talk about now. Um, what are you able to do today that gets Rachel to a, a better position in safety with your relationship where she can feel like relapse is less of a, of a probability? Um, it, it's not something that is just right there waiting for one bad decision. Yeah, it, it, and that's so important, um, you know, is number one is open communication, you know, and just being completely candid and honest with, you know, your wife, um, all the time. I mean, Rachel and I, um, we, we have daily conversations, daily check-ins, you know, um, obviously there's accountability, you know, um, Rachel knows my accountability partner feels comfortable with my accountability partner, um, and knows that, um, that I'm more than willing to discuss the hard stuff with him. Um, conquer series, um, being part of community, being in groups, being in, in settings that, um, you know, where we can share our struggles as men, as a, as a community, um, you know, and then there's obvious, um, you know, for the technology end of things, you know, uh, full access to all electronic devices, every single one, every password, every phone number, every email address, everything, there's full access, coveted eyes um, with access to that, you know, um, it's just, we caught, we caused, or I caused this, this uh, trauma for her. The least that I can do is to offer full uh, transparency to her on the other end of things. So it's, it's full transparency, 100%, um, open communication, accountability, and all those things. And I can't stress enough, um, you know, for my journey specifically, how much Soul Refiner, Conquer Series, um, Stronger Together, all, you know, Warpath, all, all these these things have, have just aided in, in my my recovery journey. And, and also my wife's, um, you know, she's, she's really dug into a lot of these programs with me. She's seen the videos. She's, you know, I, I, I think that there's some level of, of importance in that as well, it's, it's, um, you know, it's really allowed her to see, um, you know, how and why I, I was in this bondage that I was in, you know, as far as the scientific end of things too. So. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much, Ben. Uh, you and Rachel have been through a lot of this stuff together. 
Um, I know she's watched some of the, uh, you know, some of the series with you. I know you guys have done Stronger Together, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. What have been some of the exercises either through Soul Refiner or through a therapist or through different other recovery sources that have really helped y'all grow together uh, through, you know, the current situation, uh, the initial relapse situation, and really what got you here in the first place, uh, the initial infidelity? What are some of the things that y'all have really kind of looked at as like, man, that was a big turning point for us. That was something that I would recommend to anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I initially agreed to go to therapy, um, you know, professional help with Rachel, um, you know, after my angry, staggered disclosure. Um, and uh, let me reiterate to, you know, how the, the sheer importance of, um, full disclosure, if you're going to do it in a professional setting, it, it cannot be rushed. It cannot be done out of anger. Um, don't make the same mistakes I did. <laughs> um, so, you know, going through therapy, um, you know, by the way, I had two different therapists tell me that I, they thought I had an issue with sex addiction, um, to which I both, I dismissed both of them and promptly moved to different, uh, therapists, you know, without looking in the mirror. Um, so, it, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't realize I was the common denominator there, but um, coming through that, um, you know, the initial obviously, you know, was, was, um, you know, coming into Conquer series and, and really digging into that, um, you know, an eventual full disclosure that was, you know, done the right way, um, which is, is, you know, discussed in Conquer series, um, you know, and then uh, coming through, you know, stronger together, you know, just some of the, the activities, the daily activities that, that Dr. Weiss, you know, discusses on there in, in effective ways of communication, intimacy, um, you know, just finding ways to connect on that deeper level um, to where it's, it becomes almost okay to talk about these things. And it's not, it's not something that's, that's hidden or has to be painful it's okay to talk through them because, you know, you, you realize that you're on the recovery journey um, together. So it's, it's been very um, eye-opening and, and very helpful for both of us in that way. This is going to be kind of an ad-lib question. I hope I don't catch you flat-footed with this one, Ben. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the kids. Um, and so I'll, I'll ask you here in a minute about yours. I, I, I want to just, you know, my yuck was really public um I, we were in the news it, it was it was bad so my, my kids had a great idea of just some of the surface stuff which was ugly enough as it was about what happened with me and my wife and so over the years because of that initial shock to the system we've developed our our conversations around the dinner table kind of about this sometimes just it, and we made it more natural uh, where are you with your kids right now how old are they uh, do they know about some of it? They know about all of it. They know about, I mean, cause I know different kids, different ages uh, can handle just so much. Yeah. Um, so my kids are, are 10 and actually almost eight. Uh, my daughter's almost eight going on 21. Um, <laughs> um, you know, my son's 10. And um, so they, they do know some of, of Rachel and I's journey. Um, you know, obviously they don't know the, the gory details, um, but um you know, let me just say to, you know, the trauma that, that this can cause a child is, is equally damaging. And, um, so that's been a little bit of a journey for us in coming back together with, with the family after, you know, after separation. So, um, you know, it's, 
the being candid and honest with my kids, um, when they ask me the hard questions, you know, um, is one of the hardest things that I have to do when my kids come to me and say, dad, why, why did you, why did you leave us? You know, um, it's such a dagger to the heart, but, um, you know, it's also on the other end of it. And I think you can agree, Lamar, it's, it's really allowed them to find, um, healing and solitude and, and, you know, being able to see that dad has recognized, you know, his faults and his issues and, um, you know, been able to be honest with them about it instead of hiding, you know, hiding everything, you know, um, they're even at 10 and eight, um, they, they, they watch and they, they see, and when, when mom and dad are good, they thrive. And when, when they're bad, it's, it triggers them. Um, so it, it's, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, obviously a full disclosure to your children is at, at your own discretion. Um, you know, but I, it's, it's very important that they are part of the recovery journey as well. Man, how incredible is it that God can take something, um, that just was hurled at us by demons. Let's just be honest and call it what it is. Um, sexual sin, sexual stronghold is straight from the pits of hell. It's got nothing to do with the garden. It's got nothing to do with the, uh, with the initial idea of man. Um, it's got everything to do with our sin. But how, how, just, how Christ-like is it of our God to do what he did and to take something that has such a, a bad stench on it and turn it into something so glorious that your kids can get some healing before they even know they have the problem. Um, and they can really, really sink their teeth into becoming an adolescent with so much confidence that they don't have to go that route. Um, I, I think I think it's beautiful, man. I know we talked about it over the dinner table, and I just I'm so proud of what you're doing. I know those kids are super young, and some of y'all may just be thinking, "There's no way I can tell my ten and my eight year old kid about this stuff." Um, and I submit that, man, you don't have to tell them everything, but whenever you could take responsibility and say, "Hey, I screwed up, Dad messed up." And, and we paid for it, but God, rich in mercy, and then you fill in the next, all right, straight out of the Bible. You don't have to figure it out yourself. It's, it's, it's right there. And you don't have to explain all the theological nuance to your kid. You can say, this is what Christ did in our lives. Uh, I think it's the best thing you can do for those kids. So, man, I, I, I am thrilled. I had a whole bunch of backup questions here just in case. Uh, you, you guys didn't have too many questions, but I'm, I'm watching the chat and the, and the, the Q&A peanut gallery here. And man, we're filling up with just some incredible questions. And so, uh, chaps, I want you to weigh in on a few of these and, I, and, I, and I'll call you out by name. But uh, one of the first ones here says, hey, there's a lot of talk about relapse. Funny, because that's what the whole subject matter is. How do you define a relapse? That's the good question. And is it different for everyone? Um, I mean, I could talk about this one for hours, but I prefer some of our panelists to, to really weigh in here. So, Scott, what about you? You know, how do you define a relapse? So it's I, I draw a line in the sand, you know, and I will not cross this line. And it's not how close I can get to that line. It's how, how close I can get to Christ. You know, it's not getting close to the edge and see if I can peek over. You know, so initially it was no masturbation, no porn, um, you know, and, and then learning what what areas I can get triggered in too. learning the arousal template. Um, you know, I, I loved what Ben had said about uh, the faster scale, you know, because I was emotionally constipated too. And so when I'm, I'm driving, 
and I'm not wearing my seatbelt, you know, it's like, uh oh, you know, this is a, a step in that direction for relapse. You know, I'm, I'm going faster. I'm taking risks. And it may just be something simple, like not wearing a seatbelt. But it, you understand, you know, you, you place um, boundaries around it. And it's, and it's not like uh, practicing a fire drill during the fire. You know, you want to get these tools in place of calling people, even when you don't need them, you know, doing the faster scale, doing your daily devotions, the sword drills, so you get it ingrained, doing those dailies with your wife so you can learn to be um, emotional, have emotional intelligence rather than being emotionally constipated. So when it blows up, you know, it's, it's not as messy as it, as it could be. Or it shouldn't be that messy. I don't know if that made any sense, but it's my two cents. Hey, you know, Scott, when, when you said emotional constipation, I immediately thought that's got to be the quote of the day from, you know, fr from the non keynote speaker. Uh, so congratulations, man, you, you won that piece of the of the webinar. Uh, emotional constipation for me, I only had three emotions that was happy, sad and hungry. And I don't think hungry is even an emotion. Uh, I, I still kind of struggle with that a little bit, but um, I, I think that really goes for all of us. That that notion of it's not how close can I get to the line because eventually I will cross it, and then how am I going to keep managing the consequences before I just forget about what those consequences even were and to draw a new line way out further, yeah. and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a place like how did I even get here, and yeah. so. Uh, recovery is rooted in relationships. And I guess the opposite would be is when I'm isolating and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding, you know, that's, I'm headed towards relapse, man. And so, yeah, use the faster scale. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you have to ask, did I just relapse or am I close to yet? Yeah, then the answer is yes. You know? Um, it, so it's and not to, you know, sugarcoat it or anything, but you know, it's, and I agree with Scott completely. It's not about how close you can get to that line and, you know, say, oh, I'm almost there, but I, I can, I can, you know, control it. You know, it's, it's, I love it. It's how close can you get to Christ? Because he's gonna, he's gonna hold you tight and close from that relapse if you let him. Amen, guys. I love to think of it as, as an evolving sense of sobriety, which means it's an evolving sense of relapse and uh, relapse uh, where, where my wife and I are now six years into recovery, it is anything that I feel uncomfortable talking to her about, even if it's just a temptation, not something that was a decision on my part, even if it was just a temptation, something came across my eye line at the supermarket. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm not comfortable talking to her about it, that's a good indicator. Yeah. Because it doesn't pass through that little two filter lens of does it glorify God and does it honor my wife? Mm -hmm. um, so all those little things. I need to be talking about that stuff with my wife. She yeah. needs to know, because if I'm holding that as a secret, then I'm gonna hold something a little bit bigger as a secret the next time. And it goes on and on. And so it's an evolving sense of, of sobriety, an evolving sense of what relapse actually looks like. Because the further you can get away from that big R relapse, again, going back to porn, emotional affairs, physical affairs, you know, really doing things that jeopardize her heart the better off you're going to be. And I want to say her, I also want to couch that the people that you love. If you're by yourself, you know, your, your siblings, your parents, uh, if you're a single parent, your kids, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that significant other. Uh, you jeopardize the people that you love as you get closer to big R relapse. So, all right, that's a great question. Uh, let me get back in here and find just a couple more here. 
Ben, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about your track record before relapse. Um, what was it that, that really sent you down the path that was kind of that seminal moment that triggered the last relapse? And, you know, was it, was it just the dishonesty? You know, what else was there in there that kind of maybe you were feeling that way about Rachel that you could never make her happy? And then, you know, how long has it been since that, uh, since you and Rachel came through the, that second storm, so to speak? Okay. Um, yeah, good question. So um, my last uh, relapse with um, acting out as far as a, a, a fair and, and pornography came um, back in November of 2016, um, you know, and that was when I did my first staggered disclosure um, was after that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had, you know, at that point decided I was going to leave the house, you know, which was a 24 hour period, uh, came home, you know, grace, grace allowed Rachel to allow me back in the house. Um, I did a, a staggered disclosure at that point, but then, um, it, it was a little different, you know, recently when, when her and I really, when I, when I came through and did, uh, uh, my, my, my full disclosure to her after God had really been harping on me to disclose things that I had kept from her. Um, I went down a path of, you know, complete depression, um, you know, isolation. And, and, and in this regard, it was that I just wanted to be alone. I wanted her to not want me anymore. Um, you know, I, um, I told her this, I, I essentially told her, my disclosure because I wanted her to tell me to leave. And, um, you know, as much as that pains me to say at this point, I was so far down the path of, of being in denial and, and getting sick of people telling me what I didn't want to hear that I just had, had enough and, and, and left. So my, my last, what I will call relapse was not a sexual one. It was just a denial relapse, you know, and I think there's something to be said for that, you know, because I was, I was such in such denial um, in saying like, you know, I haven't watched porn in, since 2016. I haven't acted out sexually since 2016, though masturbation was still in the mix. Um, you know, it um, I, I just I did not want to hear anything other than what I wanted to hear. And so, you know, um, I guess that's a long winded way of saying that, you know, that, you know, that my last um my last, you know, relapse, um, was, um, back in, in, uh, spring of 2020. Um, you know, so we're, we're two years, um, out of that and, um, you know, two years into, um, full sobriety and, um, you know, um, so it's, it's been a, it's been a blessing and that's, you know, that's been, that's marked my conquer series journey, my soul refiner journey right there. So. Thanks for sharing, brother. I appreciate it. And I, this looks a little bit different for, for each guy. There is no one glowing answer. Otherwise, we'd all be running to that, and it would work for everybody. And I think that's the beauty of kind of this next question. Um, and, Scott, I, I'm going to call on you first. And, again, I hope, I hope it's not too, <laughs> too much of a surprise. But what is the Holy Spirit's, I, I guess, role in keeping us pure and keeping us on the road to sobriety? Yeah, I, I know we can grieve the spirit, we can quench the spirit. You know, you have a conscience, and I think that was seared too. You know, and and it's it's having no emotions whatsoever, but it's allowing the spirit to work in you, and it, and you have to be clean with them. You know, too. I guess Doug wrote a book about clean 
But what does it mean to be have a relationship? Remember, I said um, relation or recovery is rooted in relationships. So if my recovery with God, with with the with Christ, without the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm just floundering. You you don't relapse by by falling in the river. You you relapse by staying under the water. You know, so it's it's get out of that, get back in you know the Spirit, get back in fellowship. You know, with God. Um, with the other people in the group, break the silence, break the shame, pull back that curtain, you know, of regret and uh, head into the fight, head into the storm. Don't run from it. Amen. I, I guess I, I wanted to ask that question because that, that was in the Q&A portion. Over in the chat, we have a gentleman that just very candidly admitted in the chat, which I think is one of the most noble things you could possibly do, that he's right on the edge of relapse, right before the call. And as he's listening to this call, he's still thinking about relapse. And to me, that is accountability. It's not some guy calling him up saying, you know, have you looked at porn this past week? It's, it's a man saying, man, I'm on the edge and I need to tell somebody. I need people around me that are like-minded, that have been through some of the same things to really wrap their arms around me, put me in the center of the herd because I don't want to be in isolation. I don't want to be doing this anymore. I mean, that is, the, that is the whole back half of Romans 7. How come I can't do what I want? How come I do the things I don't? Yeah. And, and so I, I want to call that gentleman out and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Probably... I, I, Go ahead. Oh, oh I was just getting, sorry, uh, Lamar. I, I was, I was going to agree with you um, wholeheartedly because, you know, two of the most powerful words that a man can hear is me too. Right. And um, it wasn't a therapist or anybody professional that got me to realize that I had a problem. It was literally my best friend and accountability partner on a boat one day saying, you know, you know, listening to me over and over saying these therapists are wrong. These people are wrong. I'm not an addict, you know? And when he just looked me right in the eye and said, Ben, I'm, I'm a recovering addict, you know? And it just, it completely broke me to my core. So the fact of the matter is, is yeah. I mean, guys, let's be honest with each other. Let's, let's, let's be honest when we're having struggles, let's not keep it in the dark. You know, it's, it's so important to share and bring things into light because the enemy can't work in the light. You know, at this point in time, the gentleman that disclosed that he's on the edge of, of, you know, relapse is, is now given the strength by the spirit to break that, that chain and, and move away from, from relapse because he's got a band of brothers surrounding him in this community. That's going to completely stand behind him in prayer. Yeah. Guys. And speaking of that, I, I just want to take a moment. I, I don't want to pray over um, and I'll call him by name, man. It's, it's, it's Scott. I don't, know, I don't think it's this Scott that you see on the screen, but there, there's a Scott out there that I just want to pray for. Hey, hey, Lord, thank you so much for this man who's willing to stand up. And I mean, Lord, in a room of over 120 strangers, and say, guys, I am hurting. I'm struggling. I'm tempted. And I'm about to give in. And I need you all to know about it. Um, that's a big man. That's a way bigger man than I could ever be, than I've ever been in my life. Lord, even as I walk through this recovery journey, I don't think I've taken that kind of stance um, unless it was just for show. And so thank you, Scott. I don't think this is for show. I think this is the, the Holy Spirit working in you. Um, and that is what the Holy Spirit does for us. It's that gentle nudge. I call it Holy Spirit, little G guilt. You know, it says that, hey, you tried it your way. Why don't you give it? Why don't you give me a shot? I'll walk with you. And so, God, that's what we're asking for him, is that he'll make that surrender to walk with you and walk with the Holy Spirit and to allow Christ to change him from the inside out, that that 
that that relapse notion, it just becomes less and less of an attractive option as you become more and more beautiful. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, man, thank you so much for that. Not just for the question, uh, but also for the man, uh, Scott, over in the chat that, that just made just such a stunning admission. And so to me, that's what community is all about. Uh, my first group leader, he's a brother of mine named Tim. Uh, he's up in the Jacksonville area. Uh, we'll talk a lot more about that later. But Tim really got fired up one time when I was very early in recovery. There was another gentleman in the group. Uh, he never got fired up with a guy that might have, uh, might have acted out. He never got fired up with a guy that maybe didn't do all the work. Uh, he got fired up with a guy that kept continually coming back to the group and lying to everybody and, and not being honest. And I, I think that's the entering argument. Those are the table stakes for our recovery is can we come to the community and just, just lay it out there? Good, bad, ugly, warts and all. Um, and so thank you, Scott, for, for really, really exemplifying that. So, okay, back to a few more questions here. This is a really, really tough question. And I, I want to tread lightly here. And the reason I want to tread lightly is because my wife is, uh, is probably going to you know, be either listening to the call or, or helping out with some of the other stuff you know, behind the scenes here. Uh, is it always beneficial to inform your wife of a relapse if she has the personality that that can crush her emotionally or it puts the marriage into a rage? Um, while you guys you know, think about some of, your, some of what, how you're going to respond to this one, uh, if it scares the heck out of you in asking her, and, um, but it honors God and it honors your marriage, I think if there is a question, there is no question that you need to kindly, sincerely, and be prepared for the storm that follows and be prepared to stay calm, even in the face of her emotional overload. Um, talk about it. I, I think you're going to have to. Um, I think you owe it to her. I, I do think you need to be judicious about timing. Um, I love Dr. Weiss's notion, hey, you got 24 hours. Otherwise, you're just another liar again. Um, and listen, I, and I say that, guys, and I don't mean to, I'm, I'm not name calling for anybody, but I, I'll take first in line as head liar, head coward in all this, because there's still moments in our marriage where I, man, I, something's happened. And that, that's the old double bind that Dr. White or Dr. Roberts talks about in the Conquer series. You know, I'm, I'm danged if I don't tell her because now I'm keeping a secret and I'm danged if I do, because it's going to it's going to cause a storm. So, uh, Ben, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to concur with what you said, Lamar. Um, you know, it, it's um, if, if you feel, you know, um, convicted about it, that that's that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to come clean with what you're about to tell her um, again. And, and to couple on what you said is, um, you know, approaching it with um, a grace filled heart um, and, you know, with no, you know, no denial, no, um, you know, you just can't, um, approach that with any sort of, of fight, um, or anger and, and, you know, praying about it and, and, you know, really approaching it, you know, in a way to where you're, you're allowing God to speak through you in, in recovery is so important, you know? Um, so I, I would agree that it's, it's something that you should not put on the back burner. You should um, really pray about it and, and get it out into the light so the enemy can't, can't take hold of it. Scott, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, no, secret silence and condemnation only make shame grow, shame grow even, even larger. There's consequences. And so having those consequences in place and knowing that there's a commitment there, you, you build this on a commitment that you're not going to leave each other, abandon each other. And so when, when that word comes up, whatever's driving that um, condemnation or fear, you know that your wife is going to still be there. And so working this out beforehand, having a relapse recovery plan in place is so important. And maybe the consequences is you sleep on the floor or there's no sex 30, 60, 90 days, or you donate some, some money to, um, you know, sex trafficking, or there's, you know, whatever the consequence is, you have that in place. The, the shame is a natural consequence. The, the wounds that you, you inflict on your wife by a thousand cuts, you know, knowing, I love what Ben said, this is PTSD. It's complex PTSD and it, and it runs the gamut. You know, you, you're wounding her, you know, terribly, but if you keep the silence and the secrets, it's wounding you both, you know, and it's not just cleaning your slate so you can go back and, and do it again. Uh, there was a, someone wrote about struggling. Struggling isn't giving in. Struggling is fighting, you know, with every last bit you got. And this is part of it, fighting that recovery. You know, don't surrender to the temptation, surrender to Christ. You know that there's a cord of three strands, you know, it's not quickly broken. But yeah, do you, do you really want to go back into that cave, that dark um, stench, you know, in your relationship? Yeah, you got to break the silence. I like it 24 hours. Good job, Lamar. And yeah, yeah, Thank you. It's thank painful. You. It's painful. Yeah, it, it's painful, but if you approach it from a, a non-defensive mentality and you're able to sincerely and kindly remain calm, you know, I, man, I, I say that because I struggled in the, path with, in the past with being calm, but having it be a nasty calm, mm -hmm. having it be that calm that accuses her as, as she, you know, continues to, to go through an emotional, you know, upheaval that kind of sits back and says, like, look at you, look, look, at, look at what you're doing right now. This is not helpful. It was nasty. It was just yeah, ugly. Gas lamping and yeah. lighting or whatever, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I did see someone um, write on here too. Is it important to, you know, disclose with a trusted accountability partner first? And I, I, I do think that there is um, a lot of benefit to that. You know, if you to, to you know, I, I had a, a, a friend of mine that even had his accountability partner present. Um, his wife was okay with it, but had his account accountability partner present when he disclosed, um, you know, and it actually, you know, helped diffuse the situation. So every, every situation is different, but I do think that a trusted accountability partner is someone um, that would be a good source to, you know, discuss how to disclose this with, because emotionally you're, you're not able to process that in the moment, probably very well. And having your spouse have an accountability or uh, an advocate too, you know, because you drop this bomb on her and she's going to need some someone to talk to and process it. And she may say, I don't want to talk to you right now, you know. And so then, yeah, she needs someone that that will come alongside her um, and, and love her like she needs to be loved. The Holy Spirit, too, you know, God, but a human being would be nice. A woman, human being. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing y'all say that. I think it's so important because some guys get caught up in the notion of, okay, I'd love to have an intermediary there, but that person needs to understand that they need to be most equipped 
to handle the hurt spouse through this. Um, they're the ones that are, that just got basically shot full of holes. Um, you may feel as a person giving some disclosure, even after a relapse, that, that maybe you're a, a ton lighter uh, and, and you're totally outrunning the hurt in recovery at that point. And they need help. And you may not be the one to help them to help them at that point. Matter of fact, it's a miracle if they would even let you help them. So the intermediary at a minimum has to be focused on the hurt and the person receiving some of that disclosure, uh, some of that new newfound transparency. Um, and, and guys, hey, I screwed it up. I did mine robotically. There was nobody else in the room. It was it was we were we were fed up waiting for it. And I said, fine, you want it? Here it is. And I gave it to her almost like a chronological timeline of a military action. And it was awful. And I don't think there's anybody what how many do we have now? We're still got about 120 or so. I don't think anybody walked out of their disclosure high fiving each other saying, Man, we nailed that. So don't don't worry if you've messed this up. This is more for folks that may be going to do some more disclosing on their own. This is to help them, but just understand how, how hurtful it can be and, and how traumatizing it can be. The complex PTSD that that chaps talked about a little bit earlier today. So all right, we got a couple more questions here. I've got a great one down here at the bottom. Um, what would you say to a man whose wife doesn't care much to help or to hold the man accountable? Not her job, by the way. Not that she doesn't care deep down, but she may be overwhelmed with children, with life, and just doesn't have much to offer in this arena. Um, that's the importance of community of other men uh, initially. So I'll offer that as a going in argument, but I really want to hear from the other panelists. Ben, what do you think about that question? Yeah, I mean, healing is found in the context of community, um, you know, and, and that community is more than just your spouse, you know, because, yeah, she has she has the kids to worry about. She has her job if, if she works to worry about. She has the house to worry about if, if you know, there's there's so many other things and she can't just stop to help you walk through a journey of healing, regardless of what that looks like. So in my opinion, it's, it's, you know, my greatest healing has been found in the context of community with accountability, um, you know, walking through conquer series after conquer series time and time again, I've been through it six, seven, eight times. And, and every time the community grows, not just in size, but in strength. I like what, what Doug used the term, it's called boo-boo mommy, I think, you know, and, and if I want my wife to come along and say, oh, it's, it's going to be okay, you know, you got a boo-boo there, you know, or chasing after other women or looking for that, you know, if, if you're looking for forgiveness and recognition, you, you find that in God and Christ and your group, um, don't be expecting that from your wife. She's got a lot of healing to do too. And, and you just offloaded this, this stuff, you know. She needs time. It's going to take time for her in recovery too. So I don't know, man, just don't, don't expect it to come from there right away. Um, you're the one that needs to be providing the support and healing to her. I think it says that somewhere in the scriptures too. We're supposed to love our spouses like Christ loved the church. I'm still learning that. Boy, that's a tough one. Hmm. I tell you, man, anytime I hear chaps going back to Ephesians 5, it just kind of kind of gives me goosebumps um, just sitting here. And, and, I, and I, I'm always stunned that the scripture has given us such a blueprint for this. Um, 
I don't know how you guys were. For me, sexual sin, sexual stronghold was my little G God for many decades of my life. And then in the initial stages of recovery, my wife's recovery became my little G God. And then as, as she started to really blossom in her recovery, it became, okay, how are we going to lead these groups? And I, I allowed that to take Christ, Christ's place at the center of my life. Um, and y'all are maybe seeing a little theme here, but we will just about allow anything to get in the way of, of placing the finished work of Christ on the cross at the center of our lives, and everything else kind of revolves around that. Um, we make the mistake so many times of saying, man, I'm only doing this so my kids and my wife don't walk out on me. I'll submit that you'll, you'll never get to where you need to be unless you surrender them to the foot of the cross and leave them there each day. And you look up and say, thank you, God, for the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness that you've offered me, that she's offered me. And now I've got more strength to go out and do the right things. Because your white knuckling is only going to last so long. Uh, it, it's got to be a changing from the inside out. You've got to want to do something different. And, and, and the best way to do that, I believe, is in the community of other men with Christ squarely in the center. My buddy Rodney on this call, he'll submit that there's a lot of counseling involved in that. You can get that through community, but you may need somebody like uh, Chaps up there giving you some, some, some book learning counseling. So, uh, boot in the butt never hurts either. So, well, boot in the butt can generally come from community if you got the right guys around you. So, right. <laughs> all right, man. So, one thing I do want to talk about as we start our closing, you know, kind, kind of ritual here is uh, some of the future events coming up. Um, March 24th, so 13 days from now, two weeks from yesterday. Uh, I believe it is a noontime Eastern call. Uh, that is going to be our week zero of a really large, stronger together group. Um, that is based off of the intimacy anorexia talk that we had with Dr. Weiss last month. It's one of our studies that we have on Soul Refiner. Uh, it's for couples. Uh, um, information is going to be pressed out even more about that as we get a little bit closer. And so we'd love to have folks join. There'll be a little bit of a large group time in the beginning of that. And then we'll break off into some smaller couple breakout rooms where we can really get down into some sharing time. Uh, also some response time. You'll watch the videos before the group. You'll answer some of the discussion questions. Week zero is just a, hey, how you doing? Let's get to know each other. There won't be any coursework required before that. And then we'll launch into it you know, writ large, hardcore, probably you know, on 31 March. That'll be the week one session. But again, March 24th is week zero of that Stronger Together group. Um, there'll be more information forthcoming on that. If you don't get it, please respond. If you haven't seen it yet, just respond on the survey here, and we'll make sure that you get that information. So likewise, you know, Chap's already said it, but uh, the second Friday of every month, we do this. It's, it's 1 p.m. Eastern for the men. Uh, it is 10 a.m. Eastern for the ladies. They have the sanctuary. Today they had over 100 ladies in there. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of healing going on uh, for hurt and betrayed spouses in that. So um, please uh, send that over to your wives. Uh, and if you're wondering, like, why would I do that to her? Why would I submit that? Or why would I you know, subject her to that? Listen, you hurt her. You're the primary source of that hurt. Okay, help her in the healing process. Now it's time for you to be the heroic guy that she's desperately wanted for so many years. So great chance for you to do that, to guide her over to the sanctuary, to help her, to give her a safe spot, take the kids, I don't know, go, go grab some, some chow in the morning, whatever that looks like. But 
help her into that. I, I promise you won't be disappointed. They're talking about great topics over there as well. So, um, man, thank you so much. I, I just, I, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate you being here this week, how much I appreciate your transparency. Both of you guys in the chat, unbelievable uh, to have a guy raise his hand and say, uh, right now I'm just hurting and, and I need to be in with you guys. It's just beautiful. And so um, I do want to call attention to next month already. We already have our guest speaker lined up. Uh, we are editing this for content, meaning he and I are having an ongoing conversation because I don't want anybody to be triggered. But the gentleman that will be guest speaking next month is a guy named Joshua Broom. Okay. He is a former adult entertainer who has turned into a pastor and a motivational speaker uh, regarding getting deliverance uh, from that industry. I am super stoked about this. He's been on the 700 Club. He's been on a few uh, podcasts uh, to this point. Uh, he is an influencer for for uh, that that superpower of good in this regard now. And so I, it is just going to be a stunning uh, piece of, of mission brief, I believe, next month. Uh, I don't know how it's going to top this one, though, because relapse is one of my favorite topics. And so I think you guys just completely nailed it. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we go to pray out today, uh, Again, thank you for the audience, uh, and thank you for your transparency, for your openness. Uh, don't worry, Eric, I'm going to call you out by name, Eric with a K. We will keep on doing this in some form, some capacity. Um, this, this won't change. This isn't going away anytime soon. There's just too much that we need to cover here. So uh, I love you, man, each and every one. Thank you so much. Scott, would you close us in some prayer, please? You bet. Lord, thank you, and continue to knit us together. Um, give us the courage that, that we, we started this with to, to pray for one another, encourage one another, accountability, the words I saw in the chat, transparency, intimacy, surrender, struggling, um, integrity, vulnerability, closer to Christ. Lord, that's where we want to be. We want to be in your presence and, and help us to pull back that curtain of shame and secrecy and share it with other men to draw them closer to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, if some of the talk today kind of you know, gave you a little bit of an itch that you want to scratch at some uh, in terms of the finished work of the cross, and maybe, maybe you don't understand what that means. Maybe that's kind of a, what's he talking about? Okay. Hit somebody up at Soul Refiner and ask for Lamar. And I'll be more than happy to jump on a call with you. We can do a Zoom call. We can do whatever that looks like. But it's something that completely changed my life uh, as a younger man. It's something I had no idea the power of until coming through sexual sin, sexual stronghold. And I just want to encourage you all that there, there is a way out. There is a, a different way uh, for all this. Um, you don't have to stay where you are. All right, guys. Love you all so much. Have a great month. <laughs> See you guys next month. Uh, love you, Ben. Love you, Scott. Thanks again, man.